Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Hello and welcome back to the Agents of Innovation podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and I want to thank you for joining us here on episode 81. Well, we are back with one of our favorite all-time guests, Houston Keen today. Houston was first on this program on episode 20 back in 2016. And for those of you who have realized that we have a YouTube channel now, you can go to YouTube and type in Agents of Innovation Podcast. You'll find not this podcast, but actually some supplemental videos, including some updates we're doing with some of our previous guests. So we had a, a recent update with Houston Keen. It was like a seven-minute or so video, and even a little video clip of him playing at a local establishment in Central Florida. But we've now got a full uh, another program here with Houston to get the update. Uh, this uh, this young buck has learned a lot over the last four years. Pretty smart guy, and but also uh, he's so he's up to so many things, and also he's really developing. His talents on the guitar, his voice, his music production. He's got all sorts of ideas of things he wants to do and engage in. And we're going to hear more from him. In the meantime, make sure you go to the Agents of Innovation website at agentsofinnovation.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I recommend you do all of that because what we do is we follow the journeys of each of our previous guest, and we give you some updates on what they're up to and some of the great things they're doing. So follow us on all those platforms. You can find links to those platforms from the Agents of Innovation website. And also, don't forget to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can do me one awesome favor, write a review on one of those platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts. That would be really great. The more reviews we get, the more people will learn about the Agents of Innovation podcast, meaning the more people will hear the story of Houston Keen and the other 80, the other 80 podcast episodes we've had before this. This is episode 81. Unbelievable. Thank you for joining us. We've got some really great guests lined up. And also, I'm going to do you another one. If you write a review, on one of these upcoming episodes, or on this episode, I on one of these upcoming episodes, I will mention your name and say thank you. So I'm going to keep tabs on that and thank everybody who's been listening and reviewing the Agents of Innovation podcast. And now, let's get to our interview with Houston Keen. Well, those are the sounds of Houston Keen. And Houston, you were um, welcome back to Orlando, by the way. Absolutely. It's good to be here, man. Sunny Florida. Yeah, it is. Uh, Houston's from Chiefland, Florida. A uh, small couple town. hours north of here. For sure, for sure. But it's a good town to pass through. We got good food, you know, for a day. You don't want to eat there every day. but Well, when I used to live day. in Tallahassee and I would be driving through Chiefland, sometimes on those back roads, what is it? Is it 
90 to 27. Yeah, go Highway 19 runs right 19. Highway 19 runs right through Chiefland, and I would take that sometimes as I was going from Tallahassee to Tampa or maybe even through Orlando. And, you know, you don't want to get on I-10 or I-75. You just kind of want to enjoy, like, the old Florida back roads. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you mention that because I've had that thought where it's like, it's it's just a part of Florida where it's definitely back roads. You don't really, you I mean, you see cars, but it's just like you look around and it's like it's just trees. You don't really get many buildings. You get a lot of gas stations, but it's truly like what I imagine the road to be in a classical sense. Yeah, you for know? sure. So. It's kind of like that movie Cars. Did you ever see it where, the, where they're like, <laughs> like uh, the Disney movie? They're like reminiscing about the days before the interstates when, yes. they, when you could actually drive. You would actually drive through towns and actually get to know places. And so I would drive through and I would you know, there wouldn't be a lot for like almost an hour. And then you get to Chiefland and, you know, it's a small town compared to most places. But when you have been driving through a whole lot of nothing for an hour, you're like, oh, here's the big city. Right. I got to, you know, you, this is a place to use the bathroom, get yeah. something to eat. <laughs> exactly. And uh, there was always this great barbecue joint right there. Yeah, Barbecue Bills. Shout yeah. Shout out to Barbecue Bills. Barbecue Bills. They need, a, they need a sponsor the podcast. That'll be it. That'll be, yeah, they do. They do, man. We need some baked beans, man. Um, yeah, Chiefland's cool. And the Walmarts, I know this sounds ridiculous. This is how small it is. We're so proud of our Walmart Supercenter. But uh, I think it was like number three or number four Supercenter built in Florida at the beginning, at the inception of the Walmart Supercenters coming into towns. Uh, and that was the central hub. And now we've got an actual four-year degree college that's pretty impressive. And we're putting in a two- or three-story hotel, which is big news because if it makes it over the tree line, then it's... It's, it's the big deal, you know, in that little town. But it's still got a lot of old Florida to it. You can still, you know, go float down the river if you want to at any yeah. point. Yeah, fun times. Well, uh, Houston, we had you here on the Agents of Innovation podcast. The first time was back in 2016, and Oof. I believe it was episode 20. And uh, anyway, we've caught up with you a little bit. In fact, about two months ago, um, you know, just recently – we started a YouTube channel. For sure. So if people can go to uh, you know YouTube and type in Agents of Innovation Podcast and you'll 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 find the video in there uh, with us in Houston. I don't know, maybe a five or ten minute video. For sure. We were at Growler USA. That was about two months ago. You've now had a little uh, almost regular steady little gig at Growler USA. For sure. Growler is good. And I got you to thank for that, Cisco, of course. <laughs> well, our friends, uh, our friends Kathy and Charles Good are always looking for good music. And I said, you know, there's this guy, Houston Keene, that lives about two hours from where you are in Clermont. Uh, maybe um, you know you can have him sometime. So so they they did it. I'm glad you're and they loved you so much the first time. It's a good fit. It's that, a good fit. They've been good back people. many times. And I think that uh, I think what they're doing is the right thing as far as small business owners go. You know, um, just just the way they run the place, very clean and efficient. And it seems to me like uh, yeah, like you said, they're looking for good music. I mean, even uh, there was another girl that was in there that was brilliant as well. But they've got they've got a lot of good Lay- music. Layla, or something. Layla, that was yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, many people know that I've loved going on the rock boat and uh, used to be on the board of Rock by the Sea and. Kathy and Charles have, uh, and also a number of the people they've had have actually been on the Agents of Innovation podcast. Let's see. I can think of a few people they've had there that I've seen there. Uh, they, they've had J.D. Iker, They've had Matt Brown. And they had Andrew Leahy, which I was not able to get to that gig that he was there. But all three of those have been on the Agents of Innovation mm. podcast. And I feel like I'm probably forgetting somebody. That's that's always what happens. It's but, a good community, though. Yeah. And that's what I love about this area is that, like, it seems between, like, small business owners. And honestly, it's probably just in your clique because you're one of the few friends I got in Orlando. But it's, like, within your clique, it's a community. And that's what it feels like to me. It's a, it's a good thing. Like, I feel like we all help each other in some way or another. 
even if not monetarily, I feel like it's good on a social standing. You yeah, know? well, we're going to have, uh, we have some, some ideas building. Uh, I'm going to give a little small preview in this next sentence to just simply say we have some ideas building here that are going to take this from a podcast into a community. So just stay tuned uh, to that. But in the meantime, uh, Houston, when you were first on the Agents of Innovation podcast, again, it was like 2016. Mm-hmm. You and I had met about a year or so before that mm-hmm. at the uh, wedding of um, uh, Jordan Jackson and Sean Fisher, now Jordan Jackson Fisher, uh, a flagship romance. And that was uh, just outside Gainesville. But anyway, you were on this podcast and you mentioned wanting to go to Austin. Then you went to Austin and you've spent a little over two years there, mm-hmm. two and a half two years. Two and a half years, yeah. Yeah, and I saw you a couple times while I was there on some other uh, work mm-hmm. and uh, caught up with you and just saw you doing – I mean, you, were, you had gigs constantly there and – um, and then you came back uh, just, what, at the end of 2019? Uh, November of 2019, yep. To uh, Back yep. to Chiefland? Correct. And I, I was lucky to move when I did because I evaded COVID before it hit off in February or March. You know, I was already pretty well planted back in Florida uh, by the time that whole mess had started. And um, But, you know, Austin's great. Uh, for the two and a half years I was there, I learned a whole lot. I matured. I learned how to slow down a little bit as far as don't talk so fast and don't play the song so fast and not everything has to be punk rock and like I learned how to make like I guess I think I just became more uh, dimensional as an artist like I think at some point it it stopped being like the like that's great but it's just very like two-step two-dimensional and now we're talking like we're getting jazz piano on the new record and like it really fits well but it sounds awesome like it sounds like something like completely new and left field that's not it's not overdrawn or uh, or that's not overthought of, but I think that um, it's a good movement forward. And I think Austin really helped with that whenever I moved out there. And I learned what it was like to live as a musician, just paying bills with music. And it's a beautiful thing to wake up every morning with sweatpants on, but uh, <laughs> that's great. But, you know, the truth is, is like I was doing the same thing in Austin that I was doing back in Florida is that I was spinning my wheels just playing shows and making enough money to live comfortably, but not really going to the studio, not investing content or really. And, and the issue is, is I was spinning my wheels and I knew that I was approached. I'm 25 now, but I'm staring at 30 and I know it's a good ways away, but it sounds ridiculous to say, but that's the way you have to think. Like everything has to be like, I have to get up with a purpose. And that's, that's what I really thrive on. Um, so I felt like I was spinning my wheel. So when I came home, I made sure I was adamant about getting a 40 hour a week day job, which I still have. And it's terrible, but I do that and I play three or four gigs a week and I like don't sleep anymore, but I'm going to the studio all the time. We're releasing new content. Um, and things are, things are good. So, and so, yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people see you, like I saw you, uh, while you were here in town, um, at Growler USA playing a solo gig and, you know, with your guitar and the, but you have a full band. And you also develop the albums with them. And so mm-hmm. tell us about the band mm-hmm. and, and then your and your plans ahead. Right. So the uh, so the thing about the band is that the band has to be something that isn't used frequently. And when it is used, it has to be used in a manner of um, it has to be a great setup where it has to be, okay, we have all the merchandise ready, we have the record out, we have purpose, we have a few people coming out, perhaps we can draw more of a crowd, we've promoted all we can, and we've got all the content creators there to capture the moment. Now these are all aspects of the machine, but whenever you break out the band and you're charging a venue 
a good bit of money for the band to come out, it's like you're going to have a great rock and roll show, but you want to make sure that that is used correctly and once in a while. And I think my uh, the advantage to me as a singer-songwriter beforehand is I can run around and do guerrilla marketing, quote-unquote, and just go out with the acoustic guitar, try to melt faces, hand out as many CDs, and promote the one big show. And if everybody can come to uh, Jackrabbits or Freebird or whatever it is and sell those places out for one night a month, you do that once a month, and then you grow it to twice a month in different areas, and then you go three times a month, and before you know it, you've got a good little base in each area. You don't even need a record label, which I've, I've always preached is like the internet is the new record label, and the truth is, is you grow that through the content and the community, and you start growing these little groups of people that come out to the show. And before you know it, you know, 10 people turns to 15, 15 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 to 100. And before you know it, you're, pre- you're <laughs> preaching preaching a sermon to the whole thing. But it's like you're, you're out there and you're selling your music and your band and your brand to 100 people a night. And at that point, you're making the bar so much money that you can really sit down and start negotiating new prices. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of that, um, I heard a rumor that you're thinking of maybe starting a little booking agency. Right, and that's uh, that's in the infantile stages, but uh, basically when I moved out to Austin, uh, I worked under this agency uh, under Tammy Miranda, and it was just kind of a single uh, grandmother working off of her laptop in her home, right? Very social creature and very like boss lady mentality, which I love, you know, I was a sucker for that. And, you know, I saw the things she did and I saw like how she organized her, uh, the booking agency in the live music capital of the world. I mean, Jesus, if you can be a booking agency there and hold up against the, you know, some of the wildest, most historic venues on 6th Street and hold your own, like, I think that's a great thing, you know, regardless of A or B, whatever perspectives may lay in between that, it's like, it takes a real boss lady to do that. How did you find her? Uh, so I got signed with her before I moved. Okay. Uh, I, I forget what it was. Oh, I was booking shows for Austin before I moved. So let's picture it's like the summer of mm-hmm. 2017. I moved in November of 2017, but it's the summer of 2017. I'm at my day job at a pawn shop and I'm using their Wi-Fi. In and I'm, Florida. In Florida. And I'm booking shows at work using their Wi-Fi. This is a very realistic situation. Like if you're some kid that works at an office job, you can picture yourself. And like, at this time you're about 22? 22. 22. Yeah. yeah, 22. And I'm booking all these shows. Well, this name keeps coming up. Tammy Miranda. Tammy Miranda. I call a place. Hey, you got to contact Tammy. Call another place. Tammy Miranda. Da, da, da. I'm like, who is this woman? So I finally get a hold of Tammy Miranda. And I become I, like, so I work my way. I say it's a rank thing, but it's not. It's like a, uh, it's not even like a hierarchy. It's just like one little grandma trying to like make a business out of this. And she does it so successfully by taking 10, 15, 20% of these bands. And if you add up the math I mean you're making quite a bit of money and she's a hell of an entrepreneur just for like even her age you know and what she's kind of created out of this because the business hasn't always been around for her like she just kind of like started it you know 10 years ago or yeah I I don't uh, I don't really know the history but regardless she made a great living and so I want to come back here I want to find somebody that's like-minded as I am and hard driven and then I want us to get together over a computer and a couple beers and say hey man we're going to take on this artist to this artist and this artist and we're going to start booking them at places and taking 15% or charging the venues or whatever it is whatever is fair we're not trying to cheat anyone we're also just trying to get people work I mean what if you don't have a show on Thursday night perhaps we could help you make 150 bucks if you'll help us make 15 20 dollars right you well, know? That's, that's a great plan well yeah. there's obviously 
a lot of artists out there. Maybe we can connect you with some in the Agents of Innovation of community. Of course. And uh, I'm sure there's some others that are listening that might connect with you. So uh, every, anybody that wants to connect with Houston, you can find them. Is it HoustonKeenMusic.com? HoustonKeen.com. HoustonKeen.com. Yeah. Keen, of course, K-E-E-N. And, uh, and also uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those Facebook, sorts of Twitter, Instagram, yeah. um, all those at Houston Keen. I try to keep it very simple. You can just Google Google the name. And uh, besides all those lies that I'm Robert Earl Keen's grandson, just ignore those. Uh, but you can find all my stuff on there. Apple Music and Spotify, too. All my music is free. I'm a big advocator of free music, and I always have been, despite uh, certain critics. Well, uh, did you want to play a little song? For sure, us? man. Sure, yeah. So, uh, so going back to my rock and roll band, we got a new record coming out for the summer. We wanted something that was going to be the division between. Uh, it's coming the, out in the summer. Well, it's coming out post summer, but yeah, we kind of wrote it. We're in August right now, right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's a very summer record, but it's also kind of a fall record because it's a uh, it's got some some sadder kind of songs. They're all pop songs, but it's got some melancholy lyrics that fall into like the fall season, but of something of like a po- a post summer adventure or whatever you would like to call it um but regardless it's called well it's it's covid times we don't really know know what season it is unless we go outside right that's right um anyway so this is one called words for the weekend well i got words for the weekend Awesome, Thanks, man. man. You sound great. And I mean, I, there's no, uh, this is not a professional studio. And, nah, uh, we don't have just microphones. Campfire, campfire songs, and, uh, man. It sounds great. I think I think when you play some of these gigs, you should just take the microphones away because I think you sound like It's just this acoustic. Yeah. I know, you know, a lot of people question because um, they, they, a lot of, a lot of people come to me after the shows and they're like, so um, do you have an effect on the microphone? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you get really, um, uh, you have a lot of, um, not distortion, but you have a lot of like grizzle to your voice, I guess, or, uh, like scratchiness to the voice, you know, there's actually a right, a rasp. That's what the Yeah, there you go. Of. They're like, you have a certain rasp to your voice whenever you hit these notes. And they're like, is that an effect on the microphone? I was like, no, that's just how I sound. And then I'll sing for them. And they're like, holy crap. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It sounds really great. Yeah. So, 
Uh, and hopefully, that, I'm sure that's picked up for our listeners. Um, Houston, I uh, I know also. So you know, we've had these uh, these COVID times, these quarantine. You mentioned you came back here just before all that shut down. What you, were you, what other than you know you've been working with your your bandmates, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been mm-hmm. uh, working on an album now. But what other things you've been up to? Uh, and maybe do you have any other side jobs you do? Right, right. Well, I'm working construction, so I'm awfully tan now, which is nice. I fit in well with the rest. I of thought Florida. you were. I thought you were at the beach a lot. That's yeah, no, it's no beach time, man. Just out there in the hot sun, uh, working construction, which isn't bad, man. You know, a lot of people look at day jobs as like, well, if you play music or you do art and you have a day job, it's like you're not really that good at, at the one thing, right? And right. it's like, well, that's one way to think about it. But the truth is, it's like I'm out there just trying to grab all the cash I can so I can reinvest it into the into the business because once again, going back to I'm 25 now. 26 in November and if I'm going to achieve my goals you have to constantly be the restless entrepreneur that is somebody that is not happy that's doing well but is not happy with what you know where they're at and where I envision myself to be is like I want to come out with warmer era and then like I want to start working on the second record to have that out by like the before the summer of 2021 I want to have a band together and a trailer and a van and I want us to be able to start touring these little areas that I've been touring for years in the Southeast United States. But once again, setting it up where it's like it's a big show every time. You can't just set up these little shows like I'm going to post five minutes before the show that I'm here and I hope everybody yeah. shows up. No, this is going to be like I've got content, music videos, everything is so set up 10 out of 10 ready to go that when I hit that stage in Valdosta or whatever, we've at least got 20 people there that are like know what's going on. And hopefully they bring some friends. And then, you know, before, like I said, you continue to do that and you work in a circle and you go South Florida, South Georgia, or you, yeah, South Florida, South Georgia. And you just keep moving up until you hit Tennessee or whatever. And you move into these different sectors. Like in Austin, you could hit Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio. And I had groups in each of those cities. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of um, releasing content. The music's the biggest part. But, uh, you know, photos, videos, things like that. So I'm really just taking the extra money and investing it in tools to create content and the content itself yeah well construction job uh great for the tan also like a free workout every day right? it's uh, i don't join i don't have a gym membership right so no, no gym membership needed you're just constantly uh you know moving the, the the stuff around so for sure and despite covid the show's been going great uh i don't know what it is around here and maybe it's just my little towns uh that i live in you know between bouncing these little towns uh the honky tonks and beachside bars which is a great life um well, it seems like, you know, the biggest thing with COVID, right, that obviously we, you, right now the world is not ready for large, I mean, the, the last thing that's going to come back, let's put it this way, is stadium shows, arena shows, and, you know, large amphitheater type shows, you know, uh, a concert hall is kind of going to be an iffy, but it's right. probably before those other ones come back, um, but playing, um, you know, I've been, I've been seeing so, like some kind of bigger bands like a Sister Hazel or Everclear or I don't know, some of these bands are starting to set up drive-through shows. I've seen that. Right, which is interesting. You know, I kind of like to be, I don't know if they're going to let you get out of your car or whatever, but I kind of like, would like to not just sit in my car and listen to it. Right? You know what? But but what's interesting is coming back to it is the the first live music that can exist uh, is going to be in this sort of venues you're playing, like the Mm -hmm. small bars and restaurants and, and little venues where, you know, you could have somebody over here and, because because restaurants are open and bars are open right. and things like well some bars right. are open but bars with food are open kind of like Growler USA mm-hmm. um, and so those kind of places are ideal for musicians like you who are uh, able to, to do that absolutely and right. I and I also think that um, 
I'm a big advocate of the small shows. I always said that I would love to blow up and then come back home and like play little shows for the yeah. bars that I love the most. Like I've, I think I might, I might not have said it on the last podcast, but I've definitely said it on the microphone before at some point that if I do blow up, I'm going back to Cedar Key and I'm going back to the Raw Bar, which was the first venue that booked me when I was like 14. It's a garbage gig disaster on my <laughs> part. I knew eight songs and repeated those for four hours, and it was a travesty. It was terrible. But, uh, but man, they've had such a big heart. They've always helped me, and they let me book my birthday party there every year. And it's like, that. if that weren't for that venue, man, I wouldn't know what it feels like to be like... That's in Cedar Where? Key? That's in Cedar Key. A place I still need to get to, Houston. Gotta so we'll, Cedar we'll, Key we'll, we'll get me there Hatchie. soon. Those, those two Steve Hatchie. We'll hit. Well, you, here's the deal, man. We're going to rent a golf cart for the weekend, and then you can ride golf carts around both of those places. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's how awesome. everybody gets around. Yeah. All right. So um, speaking of th- interesting things people take up during COVID times, and I don't know if this was because of COVID uh, or because of, you know, because you've been working. You're working construction right, jobs. Right, you're, sure. you're doing all these gigs and all this stuff. Sure. So. Some people have had uh, you know a lot of time at home, and doesn't sound like you spent too much time at home. But maybe it's just a different time for the world. Um, and so I heard that you're since you do a lot of writing, mm-hmm. you think a lot about writing mm-hmm. with your songs. Mm-hmm. That you actually might be writing mm-hmm. a novel. Well, I, I hate to use the term novel because I feel like everybody <laughs> wants to say novel, but I think mine's just a crappy little romance story. But uh, a you romance know, novel. Yeah, a little. Uh, yeah, I just say it's. Is a, it going to be one of those where like the artwork on the cover is like you know these like uh, you know these like these books for females that like you know. No, I think it's going to be like an old. Uh, I don't know who does the old oil paintings, but it's like of uh, it's like they're very famous, and it's it's one of a it's like a very famous artist. I'm the worst at culture, but regardless, it would be something kind of um, like a Monet or like something. yeah, like an <laughs> '80s or '90s like. Uh, you know, small town. I don't know. It sounds cheesy right now. I've got a few chapters written out, but it has no form. It's just, uh, I think it's just something I dump my brain into because like the thing about songs is that it's, it's freeing because you can use metaphors and really sing them. And when the way you sing them inflicts how the words should go and that's beautiful, but, but there you're so trapped in it. You're trapped in this line space. Oh, I can only use this many words or I can only say this, or I can't make it over three and a half minutes if I want an enjoyable song. Yeah. 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 And with a book, it's so like, I would just sit there and kind of bleed out. Like I'd always write the best in the mornings, but it's like, I would wake up sometimes like when I didn't have a day job and I would just get on the computer and I would type and type and type. And by the end of it, yeah, it's a mess, but you can go back and refine a bit. But it's all fiction, and um, I love writing. I, I really do, and I think that um, I think if you're able to speak well and you're able to write well, I think you're able to think well. You know, Jordan Peterson says something about uh, you have to be able to speak in order to think, and I think the bigger yeah. you allow your vocabulary to be, or at least uh, how efficient you are with your words, allows you to think more clearly. Yeah, well, that's so. great. Well, so uh, Houston, this is good. We've uh, um, we, we've got a, you've got a, you've always got plans, and if we actually if people go back to I believe it was episode twenty mm-hmm. uh, four years ago, you could actually hear the plans you were talking about. You were talking about uh, marketing through digital, mm-hmm. uh, getting bigger on things like Spotify and Facebook mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things, and. And then I think shortly around that time, you, you got the blue check mark on that. On, right, on you got Facebook. the verified check, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, so, which is why. And then that gets you like kind of more followers and things like that. So you've really put a lot of time and effort into that. And then you said you were going to Austin. And, you know, and I remember talking to you too and saying, you know, Austin's a very competitive live music environment. But then I, I saw, like, I don't know, like I was there like six months afterwards. Yeah, ruled the world. 
you you were you were getting gigs all over the place, uh, yeah. and that's that's great. Now you got that Austin experience, and you've come back to, yeah. to Florida, and it was and, valuable too. It yeah. wasn't a waste. I, I believe you know that would have been my biggest regret to go out there and go, man, I. I wasted two and a half years just playing these little bars. But the truth is, it's like I look back and it's like I have videos of me on Fox News and I have radio interviews and I have like friends out there that I could go and crash on their couch at any time. Like if I was like in San Antonio and I was like, I need a spot to stay. It's like, we got you, bro. They'll come pick you up. You know, and it's like good people in Texas. Good brisket too, but good people. Great great biscuit, good people. I go to Texas about five or six times a year for work. And most of the time in Dallas and sometimes in Houston Mm -hmm. and, and then rare maybe once a year or something in Austin. And I tell you, uh, I was in Dallas in January. I was in Houston in February, and I haven't been there since. And I'm really missing that Texas barbecue for sure, man. We're, we went to um, we went to Salt Lick, right? But we also went to another one. We went to Franklin's. Um, no, we didn't go to Franklin's. I've never made it to Franklin's. Right, they're always sold out. We made we went to uh, uh, what's the one from date? It was in Dazed and Confused. Uh, mm. It'll come to me in a minute. I thought that was Franklin's, but no, it's another one. It's Styles, not Styles, Styles. and Stitch. Styles and Stitch. That's where we went. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I actually took you there. You had never been there. That's right. I hadn't been to that one, but I've been to Salt Lick. Yeah. Anybody in Austin, Texas listening right now is going to be like, oh, man, he said Salt Lick. I'm like, dude, I love Salt Lick, though. It's the spot. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so Houston, um, you're back. You're doing your thing. You got. So I know uh, one of the songs I really like that you've put out as a single so far. Uh, tell me if it's going to be on the new album. It's called In the Dark. Right. So In the Dark is just like a single by itself. Um, so sometimes, you know, you will release, release a single to push on the uh, on the record. But I think that was just going to be a standalone single just because I really wanted, um, after Jenny came out, you know, and here's what you have to look at is I have a plethora of songs that, you know, you've heard and the people that come to the shows and kind of know some of the songs or at least even people that grab the CD and get some of the um, some of the stuff that isn't quite on iTunes or Apple Music or Spotify. The thing is, though, is what you have to look at is what the world is looking at. So when they search Houston Keen and they go on Spotify or Apple Music, it's going to be those songs. So it's going to be the whole Jenny record, and then it's going to be the party and in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. And those two singles sound way different than Jenny because they were done with a whole different band and a whole different studio. And so, but I really love the two singles for the party and in the dark because they feel a lot more fourth dimensional and filled out. And so, but in the dark is a great single man. And then the EP is a five song, uh, post summer apocalyptic. That's what's coming out. Yes. And that's, what's coming out. Do we have a name for it yet? Warmer era. Say that again. Warmer era. Warmer era. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, warmer era. I have well, a we need, we need a warmer era for sure. Yeah, we, COVID, well, right? exactly. And that's what it is. And that there's actually uh, in the title track is the first song. And it's like, and I thought we were be- I thought we were better, but we were just living in a warmer era. Yeah. And it's like looking at it in a, a nostalgic feel, you know, and it's like, you're, yeah, like a warmer era, like you're hoping for a warmer era, but you're just looking back at it. Like I hope for sunny weather, even though we barely held it together uh, you know, whatever, warmer era, but it's, it's good, man. We're very excited about it. It's one of the most intense. It's like, it starts off with one of the most intense songs I've ever recorded. Like it's like a rock and roll song. And then it jumps into words for the weekend, which is totally this nice little, which is what you just played. Yeah, it's a beautiful little thing, and then it goes into this other one that's like a sweet little uh, song, like whatever, it's like Lemonade, and then it goes into this cool little country ballad that doesn't totally distract you, and then it ends on this like John Cougar melon camp, like big drum, boom, boom. It's going to be a great summer record, it's going to be a great fall record that I think whenever you bump it in your car and you have subs, it's going to be for the first time you're going to go... 
this this is the kind of music like that I could listen to and not be distracted by. It can just play in the background. Do we have a target date? Really? Yeah, I'm date? shooting for I'm shooting for either mid October to early November. All right. If I did release early November and I had it in my hands by mid October, I'd probably drop it on my birthday. Great. Yeah. What's your birthday? October November first. Oh, November first. Yeah, that or Halloween. So maybe the day before. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, Houston, as we uh, kind of wrap up the interview here, yeah. Um, tell tell us a little bit. If there's somebody listening right now, um, maybe they're a musician, an aspiring musician, maybe they're an aspiring entrepreneur, um, or you know what, what what things have you learned at your ripe old age of 25? Right. Uh, but you know we you've been doing this a while now, mm-hmm. and also let me just throw in something else. Actually, before we get to this question, mm-hmm. I want to ask you another question. Uh, you didn't go to college, Mm-mm. and so maybe you could kind of just answer these things together, but. You know, I want to. You know, maybe there's somebody out there who's young. They're in high school, and they're thinking, "Should I go to college?" Whether they're a musician or not, they're just thinking about joining right. the entrepreneurial life. Um, and whether they decide to go to college or not, you know, what 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 kind of entrepreneurial advice do you have, maybe for that aspiring mm-hmm. entrepreneur who may or may not be a musician? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that college opens many doorways, and I think that it allows for you to uh, meet a lot of people that. You normally wouldn't, and maybe people that are a, a little more highly capable of uh, accomplishing certain things in life or have certain connections that could help. And I think college is, is great for that. Uh, but I also think that, well, if college is the daytime job and then the bars are where everybody hangs out, then why spend money on a tour? If you're, if you're going there for that purpose... Go to the bars and hang out. If you're a musician, especially, or an artist, perhaps you build a community within the bars and that's how you earn your friends and then that's kind of your thing. And then you're friends with, you're not limited to college kids, but you have college kids friends and then you have like adult friends. And then, you know, I feel like I live a very interesting life. My friend sphere is like, I have friends that are, you know, my good buddy Cameron, he's like 16, man, he's a musician. And like, we're friends because we're musicians and he plays shows too. And like, you know, whatever. And then I got like friends who are like 60, 70 years old that play music too. And it's like all because, and they're not all musicians. You're all tied, you're tied, we're all the, tied the together common, through an artistry, yeah. you know, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And you meet, you meet people through that. But my advice is, uh, I can't tell you to go to college or not go to college, but if you do, don't go for music, go for marketing or go for design or go for something that's going to allow you to enhance the arms of the machine. If you want to be a professional musician, what you have to understand is that you have to build a machine and you you are at the center, but you have to have graphic design, you have marketing, you have content creation, videography. I mean, there's so many small categories it falls into and you can create your own monster, but it has to be this, um, this living, growing machine that you can't wear the hats to on everything. You can't be a jack of all trades. You have to focus on the mastery of being the songwriter and the artist and the performer and that's enough and then you have to gain people around you that you can trust to build with you and then one day you get a hundred thousand dollar paycheck and you're able to kind of maybe pay some people or at least feed them pizza so you know what's interesting what you kind of described and people who may not know you as well um don't know this but you you lived you grew up in chiefland which is about what 45 minutes from gainesville right yeah, yeah. and so gainesville major you know um you know some might say the top public university in the state of florida top Four, five party school right Forty thousand students go there they've got all sorts of you know degree programs phd programs one of the top research you know, public research universities in the country um obviously gator nation right but it you go like you just said there's a community there there's an intellectual community there's the party community there's the the restaurants and the bars 
And you worked that network. You worked yeah, that scene. Awesome. You probably got a couple girlfriends out of it. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, you yeah. just, you just, you, uh, there's a community. People go to college oftentimes for the community, like you said, in the network. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, a lot of the stuff that you um, can learn, that you learn in college, a lot of it can, can be learned online today or through other ways for a lot less money without accumulating student debt. But it's a lot of that network still important. I was thinking about a story as you were talking about that. I've been. I'm. I'm almost finished now reading the the biography on Steve Jobs by Walter. Oh, Isaacson. that's a big one too, it's, man. It's great. It's like yeah. 700 pages. Very I'm, aggressive. I mean, but you know, it's funny. And then you could actually, if if people Google the um, Stanford um, graduation uh, address that Steve Jobs gave, I think it was in 2005. It's on YouTube. It's, on YouTube. it's yeah. one of the most watched graduation addresses. It's only like 15 minutes. But the author Walter Isaacson in the the Steve Jobs book, he he re- he references it. And I went and watched it. But one thing that comes up multiple times in the book about Steve Jobs and and Steve Jobs talked about it in the ceremony was he actually started college at Reed College, uh, a v- a very good strong liberal arts school in Oregon. He was uh, you know he he was actually also a a son of adopted parents, so he was actually right. like a foster child. But his parents really you know they they he went to college. And, but you know, college just, he, he was just so, you know, he was Steve Jobs. He was a genius, right? But he was so distracted. He was so like, just, um, he distracted and just not into the everyday thing of college. So he actually quit college, but he liked the community and he, li- and he still liked kind of hanging out with certain people and some of the computer hackers and all these kind of things. But he said they allowed him at Reed, believe it or not, they allowed him, uh, and they didn't know he was going to be like the Steve Jobs of Apple, right? Uh, but they allowed him to just drop in on classes without paying for them at some because he he felt really bad that he wasn't he didn't think like his parents were spending this in, in, enormous sum of money sum of money on college and he just didn't feel like he was putting his getting a right. real real thing out of it but he dropped one course he said he dropped in on because it was no longer important to take all the you know required courses he dropped it on a calligraphy course and he still talked about it later in his life as you know that was probably the most important thing I did because I got to learn all the fonts and he goes, and he started talking about, he goes, like, the sans serif font that is so prevalent yeah. on all sorts of Apple products. He right. goes, that font probably would have never made it into any Apple products if it wasn't for the fact I dropped in on this class and that I wanted to hang around this college because I mm-hmm. wanted the community. And I, he just became fascinated with calligraphy and what fonts looked like and how they felt and how they read and all these things. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. And I and I think that those uh, those little turning points can make a huge difference, you know? And I think going back to the college thing is uh, I think some people, like you said, they go to college for the idea of college, right? It's like I don't necessarily enjoy soda or Coca-Cola, but what I do love is I love the idea of Coca-Cola. I love the branding. I love the look. I love the colors. I love how it pops. I love how it's in pop culture and it's associated and it's like I could care less about Coca-Cola if they sank tomorrow, but well, I love well, you, you're what You're making me thirsty and I feel like well, Coca-Cola sorry. needs to buy a spot now. There you just, go. Uh, are, you a, well, are you an affiliate? No. No, <laughs> no, but I always use Coke as a, as a, as a uh, as an idea because everybody knows it and it's a huge brand that's been around forever and they do great great job at the branding but it's like um it's like i think that some people go to college for the idea because they see it and they're like oh i would love to go to a dorm or a a, Mm -hmm. a sorority and and party up and do this and go to to, you know stress out over tests and like all the the pizzazz of it but i think they get so caught up in it is that they lose they lose something you know like for what they gain i think they lose a lot and the thing about being an artist is yes you gain and lose things like everybody else but 
you know, I have songs that I still sing that I wrote three or four years ago, and I'm sure it's the same thing with paintings or whatever, writing a book or whatever it may be. Is like you'll go back and look at it and you go, man, like uh, it's just a weird it's weird to look at yourself in a mirror from the past, yeah. you know, where you go, what was I thinking when I wrote that? Like, damn, was I really in that dark place? You know? And it's something that like normal people don't get unless you are a writer or perhaps you're, you have some documentation of your progress. And I think a lot of people only document themselves on Instagram through uh, selfies, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, which <laughs> uh, teach their own. But if that's your only talent, then you need to, you, you, you have to have something to hold something that you're working towards, get up and do, you know, and it doesn't have to be a piece of paper at college. It can be, you know, your own business. My mom and dad would much rather me bring home a hundred thousand dollar check than a piece of paper from the university of Florida. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Well, there's a lot of ways to do that now. And, uh, well, anyway, Houston, uh, we wish you uh, continued success and, uh, sure. the next, uh, the next steps will continue to follow your journey. Uh, maybe and- next time I'm on here, I'll be famous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what if I jinx myself and that happens? And then it's like, we're here next time. We'll start the podcast like that. Be like, coming to you live from the Odom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, um, there's a lot of opportunities actually now for uh, aspiring independent artists because um, I think more people are going to be able, are going to be more willing to say, hey, I'd rather go see some younger aspiring independent artists uh, that I can actually see in a smaller venue than to sit with, you know, 20,000 people and get exposed to, you know, some, some, there's that. Some yeah. Epidemic. And I hope that's the case, man. And I think that people have good hearts and I think that, um, we're so blinded with media and, and, and the radio frenzy and like, uh, all the, all the strong imagery that comes with that, that sucks you in, you know, and they, it's just like, I have a very deluded sense of people because I see that side of it all the time. Obviously, as a musician, I get requested garbage songs all the time. (laughs) And then I see like people like you and Kathy and like the people that are from certain areas and groups of people that go, hey, man, look, uh, I really love that song. And that one line you have in there, that breaks me every time. And when I hear that, I'm like, that is why... I, I sit down and spend so much time writing these. And when I do sing them live, I make sure that the right people are listening. Otherwise I don't sing them. And so it's like, I, it's a very calculated response to it, but I don't get my heart broken, but it's also, I get the appreciation from the right people. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, well, you're welcome. But the, uh, like, I think somebody like me and maybe Kathy, I'm not going to speak for her, but like, I can think about 2009, I'm living in Tallahassee and my roommate at the time, Mike Williams he says to me, hey, he had been on this thing called the Rock Boat. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got to go some year. And I said, okay, I like, really didn't know what he was talking about. And then now, you know, I've been on that seven times. The music cruise, 30 bands. But uh, he also told me a few months later, after he came off the Rock Boat, he said, hey, you should come to Rock by the Sea with me. This is a charity music festival that takes place on St. George Island, Florida. It was to, like May of 2009. And I said, I, he showed me all the names of the artists. There was like 20 name artists. I had never heard of a single one of them. Now, that doesn't mean like they, they all have their own little followings and all this stuff, but I just wasn't familiar with any of them. Um, he said, trust me, I know you like live music, and worse comes to worse, there's the beach. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. You know, St. George Island. I had actually never been to St. George Island at that point, too. I love St. George Island mm-hmm. now. But the um, but anyway, it's like 90 minutes south of Tallahassee. And so I went, and like the first night, I heard Sam Thacker, Wide Awake, a couple other bands. And I was just like, whoa, like this is just incredible, amazing music, like... Never heard of these guys. Like, there's so many of those stories out mm-hmm. there, right? Sam Thacker has since been a, a you know, on the Agents of Innovation podcast. I mean, I, I didn't have that back in 2009, but he became a good friend later right. uh, through that. And now he's actually living out in Southern California, um, doing some other things outside of music. But 
but it's interesting because you just hear all these um, different, you just kind of, once you start getting into that world of all these independent artists and then you start listening to something else and maybe you go to some, some music festival and you hear something else. So I, I just encourage people, kind of like what you said, to go out and expose yourself to new music that you've never heard. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you're like going to a music festival because you liked one band, go listen to some of the other ones. For sure. Because there's always going to be something new. Or maybe ask maybe somebody mm-hmm. who likes one of those bands, hey, um, what's another band that you like mm-hmm. that I have maybe never heard of mm-hmm. um, or an artist? Because I think it gives you so much more exposure. It's going to help some of those people, but I think the other thing is there's so much great art being put out there. Of course. And of course, it's living. not as much as like it used to be in the old days where like the record companies would decide who's on the radio and all that, but right. it's still a little bit like that, right? Right. It's, and I mean, you turn on the radio, like I heard you say yesterday, like I, I don't listen to any music on the radio right. these days because right. that's just yeah. not how I get music. But also it's very difficult to learn how do you get like what kind of new music do you get? Like how do you? You live in a bubble. Yeah, you do, yeah. and it's basically like if it's 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 a very corporate way that, that people yeah. are learning in a mass way about you know big name artists, name you know things right. like that, and uh, you know sometimes I turn on the Super Bowl halftime shows, and I'm just like, man, I could tell you so many other artists that Definitely. could that could play this so much better. Right. Um, and I was I had just come off the rock boat in um, you know early, late January. And you know, I got to see Switchfoot and Need to Breathe, and I mean, they're big, they're yeah, fairly right. big name people, but they're they're amazing. But and then I'm looking at, you know, and no offense to this year's halftime show, but I was like, I don't even know, who gosh, I could have yeah. been, I could have, I could have just, we could have just put some of the rock boat bands up there, sure. we'd have a, a we'd have had a much better uh, music, you know. Yeah, well, and that's and that's the truth, man. Um, but it's the same token of I can go up to a stage and kick and scream and feel like I killed it. And people will still come up to me and request "Sweet Home Alabama." That's right. And it's like, it's like it's a three chord song. The verses are all the same, and it's like it's just a garbage song. Like it's it's probably not a garbage song. I'm just hey, I like that. Song. I'm bitter over it, but regardless, it's like it's a, I'm bitter over the people that have that have the audacity to. I don't even think that's the right word, but they just cut off their brain, you know. And it's like the same people that can stare at a phone screen or be obsessed with themselves enough to only nothing else. I've, I've met people like this who are my age or younger who don't really have any goals or ambitions, but as long as they're making over three or 400 likes on Instagram, they're golden. Nothing can phase them. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like none of that's going to matter. Like, and what are, what is 300, 400 likes on Instagram? What is that? Like, it's nothing, you know? I mean, maybe if you were building a brand and you were really kind of doing something with it, but it's, it's, you have to have a purpose to get up and grow, you know, and, and do what you're doing uh, with it. And uh, I think that's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. The whole point of everything is to just continually create a community and um, of people that wake up and strive to do great things. Yeah, well, that you said it all right there. So I think we're just going to end on that note, Houston. And thanks so much. Maybe, day. <laughs> maybe you can take us out with a couple of little yeah, jingles. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll, uh, I'll kind of give you a little fast, fast pace here. The lights and love the door behind you. I could remind you that that boy at the bar ain't got enough scars to even hold a match to what we are. I could write to you, I don't try to.
in storms with that lightning in your eyes. Well, honey, you saved me on the right side. That's part of a, uh, that's one of the newer songs that'll be on the summer EP. All right. Well, thank you, Houston, so much. Absolutely, uh, man. For thank being you, back on the Agents of Innovation podcast, and we'll continue following your journey. And yes, sir. Check out Houston Keen everywhere, everywhere. he's found on the internet. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is for the University of Florida. Slap happy drunk at 3 a.m. on a cool bicycle by Tellington. A blue backpack and a bottle of gin with a friend I used to know. I swear I don't care to catch myself in new dorm rooms. Someone else next to Fletcher Hall, you spent your last semester. Polo shirts and slurry words, it's a tragic waste of what we were was all respected as the Sad and restless No real perspective In the end You were Queen of the boys club I'm a sucker for that bad love And I know just how This thing begins Slap happy drunk 3am On a cold bicycle By Turlington